the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain. In this episode, we continue our focus on the New Zealand High Tech Awards for 2023, and in particular, on the winners of the Flying Kiwi Award, is sponsored by Tate Communications. So being inducted into the Tate Communications High Tech Hall of Fame for 2023 is Sue and Guy Haddleton, investors and entrepreneurs who have had an incredible uh, history from starting their own software company, Adatum, uh, in the UK in 1990, later selling that company uh, for over 150 million US dollars, uh, through to many other involvements and investments over the recent uh, decades. Guy, unfortunately, is now uh, traveling in Europe, but he did share the following words as part of his acceptance uh, speech on behalf of himself and Sue, who unfortunately passed away from cancer uh, last year. So let's jump in and let's hear what Guy Haddleton uh, had to share. And of course, as always, a big thank you to our show partners, 1NZ, 2 Degrees, Spark, HP, and Guerrilla Technology. Thank you, High Tech Trust. Thank you, everybody here. I'm, I'm honored to accept this award for us. It was most unexpected when I was approached. We are two Kiwis who were driven to be entrepreneurs, and in doing so, actually found ourselves in the land of technology. In 1990, Sue, a master communicator, gifted opera singer, and equipped with brilliant people management skills, partnered with me, a former Special Forces Army officer, Otago MBA, financially broke, but deeply driven to build a business of substance. We were 35 years old, and our luck, besides a perfect business partnership, was that my MBA thesis in 1983 was all about the spreadsheet its strengths and weaknesses. Our first company at Datum started life in Bristol, England, with a Financial Times classified ad for 49 pound spreadsheet templates. When we sold the company 12 years later, it evolved into a US-based enterprise planning platform with 350 employees, and our last customer deal exceeded $10 million. We had learned how to build a good software company. Now it was time to get serious. And a plan was a rinse and repeat of a datum, exploiting the technology, technological shift into cloud computing, and enabled by one, a deep understanding of the product market challenges we had to resolve. Two, fortuitously, we had established a strong global network of developers, consultants, salesmen, partners to, who wanted to join us. And thirdly, just a desire to get it right. And right it was. We were in the right place at the right time. We spent six years leading operationally, then decided to return to New Zealand to help New Zealand companies enter the global stage while retaining a governance role with Anapan. Today, I'm intimately involved with three high-growth New Zealand companies, where we are co-founders at Lodestone Energy, building solar farms across New Zealand. We're lead investors at Nereid, revolutionizing data storage through GPUs. And finally, 
lead investor at Helios, Helios Therapeutics, breeding medicinal cannabis to this country and to the world. And I'd like to say one thing about that. There are six, the, there was a, the Drug Foundation produced a report last year identifying 600,000 people in New Zealand who take cannabis every year. 40% of them are for medicinal purposes. Only 16,000 people are on prescriptions. We've got a gap, and we've got to solve that. But getting back to my story, of those companies, those three companies, each has consumed between 75 million and 100 million dollars of capital. And I expect at least one of them will be a $10 billion business sometime in the next 10 years. The other two, of course, will be billion-dollar businesses. <laughs> so what does it take to build a $10 billion business? Of course, the people, product, positioning, market opportunity, funding, performance, are all important attributes. But it's, there is one criteria that trumps all others. What is it? It's the quality of the CEO. An A-plus CEO will recruit an extraordinary leadership team and continuously upgrade that team. Most don't. Build a passionate culture around that opportunity and will deliver results in a timely manner to ultimately secure that $10 billion outcome. For that same opportunity, an A-minus CEO will probably deliver a billion-dollar outcome, and a B-grade CEO will probably deliver a hundred-million-dollar outcome. Sobering, isn't it? So to all those CEOs who desire to build a $10 billion company, I say one thing, no lie self. But not everybody here is building a large megatech company. Most of you wish to build a solid business representing the opportunity you're chasing. Being an entrepreneur is tough, and you'll face many challenges, and perhaps have a defining moment, as we did once at a datum. It was back in 1992, and we'd entered into a 50-50 partnership with the developer of an enterprise planning platform to, develop, to replace our template business, where growth had stored and unit profitability was non-existent. Early into our partnership, I had sold just one very small enterprise package, about 10,000 pounds worth. Then nothing. For six months, we were dry. Technically, we were insolvent. And when I received a letter from the IRD advising they would place the company into receivership, my heart sunk. I carefully read that four-page letter of dense, small type. And in the last paragraph, it stated, you have 28 days to pay. I rushed through the business. We have credit. We have credit. We're okay. Let's go for it. Soon I sat down that night and we examined the opportunity this presented. As she said, we can't continue as we are. So we decided, then and there, to cease all active selling and marketing of the template business. We created a new ad for immediate publication, and we focused everybody, we focused everybody 
to get me in front of enterprise prospects. Two weeks later, I was presenting to 30 folks from Dairycraft, that's the Fonterra of New Zealand, whose investment bankers had mandated an enterprise-wide financial plan for the public offering some months later. At the end of the meeting, I inquired into next steps. They said, well, you're the first, but we need to see IBM, Hyperion, Oracle, all the usual suspects next week. During the presentation, I had built a subset of their model in front of them, representing most of their requirements. So I took a deep breath and observed. You mentioned that the bankers need the draft plan in two weeks. The IPO is scheduled for 12 weeks. If we don't start Monday, you'll have to delay the IPO. And our competitors will take three to six months to satisfy your requirements using their legacy solution. You might as well stop it. You might as well get into your competitors once in a while. And then, sensing an opportunity, I asked, how many of you have been in this room together before? Well, there's 30 of us here. Never, replied the senior person. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm downstairs to the cafeteria. You folks discuss what you saw, whether we're fit for purpose, and do you want to start Monday, or do you want to delay the IPO? I seized that moment to keep all 30 in that room to have a discussion. I walked back into the room 90 minutes later. Can you start Monday with six consultants? Absolutely. <laughs> Knowing that I didn't have one consultant on the payroll. <laughs> I rushed out to the car park, found a good old English red telephone box, and called Sue. We need six consultants for Monday. Add in the paper tonight. It was Tuesday. With this interview, Wednesday, Thursday, appoint Friday, train over Saturday, Sunday, on site, Monday. <laughs> And so we did. Six consultants duly arrived Monday. A million pound contract was signed and in our hands. Our company saved. I'd learned how to sell. And three more contracts were achieved in the next 30 days. <laughs> this story highlights many aspects of a young company's journey. Primarily the law of focus. Just do one thing and do it very, very well. Resilience, a can-do attitude. Flexibility, a team at work. It was our defining moment, and we've never looked back. Over the last 30 years, we've had an extraordinary journey through the landscape of technology, building or helping, or helping to build technology companies winning on the global stage. And it's been one motto, central, to our success, recruit outstanding talent, share the vision, let them fly. To summarize, success is about people. The people you recruit, how you enable them, how you coach them, how you replace them at the right time to build winning teams. Congratulations to all the finalists and winners here tonight. The stories I've heard so far have been inspiring, and it's great to see New Zealand Tech in a great place. I wish you all the greatest of success. Thank you.
Well, thanks for joining us on this uh, special episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Um, do be sure to subscribe so you catch all the other episodes focused on the New Zealand High Tech Awards and also our, our other interviews with tech leaders and entrepreneurs and the regular uh, tech news of the week. A uh, special thank you to our show partners, Gorilla Technology, HP Spark, Two Degrees and One NZ for their support. It's Paul Spain signing out. We'll catch you on the next episode. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.